Behind every song is a voice, and every voice is a story. The journeys behind the voices brings life to the music that shapes each of us. Brought to you by Visible Music College and in partnership with the largest online Christian music site new release today, this is Behind the Tunes, and I am your host, Austin Black. Together, we will explore those journeys, the journeys behind the artists that shape the landscape of today's music. We're here today with Austin French of AustinFrenchMusic.com. Austin, thanks so much for being here today, man. Oh, man, thanks for having me. Excited to be on. Absolutely. Now, listen, I got to start with this first question before we really get into anything. Did you really grow up in the watermelon capital of the world? <laughs> I did, man. I have seed spitting contests to prove it. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, man. We had a watermelon festival every year in Cordial, Georgia, and... Uh, yeah, that's like the only claim to, flame, to claim to fame in that town is that we are the watermelon capital of the world. That's Best all right. Prove man. It. That's all right. Now, did you take part in the watermelon spitting contest? Oh, absolutely, man. Were absolutely. you pretty good at it? I'm training my kids. Oh, yeah. I'm training my kids currently. Um, no, yeah, I, I was okay. I won a couple times uh, in the kid division, but man, some people just make it a lifetime goal. So. After a while, I just couldn't turn it into a career, you know? Yeah, so I guess somewhere along the way, you, you gave up uh, wa- spitting watermelons and turned to music, I guess, right? And that seems to be That's working right. out all right for you. <laughs> I think it was a good call. I think it was a good call. I think so, too. Man, I enjoyed just kind of reading up on different things, uh, getting ready for this interview. And, and man, you're, you're still a very, very young guy, but you've lived a lifetime seemingly already in, in the music world. So you're kind of in the Nashville area now. You grew up in... You said Cordill, Georgia. Um, what was your journey like getting from Cordill, Georgia to Nashville, Tennessee? Oh, man, it was wild, and there's a lot of twists and turns. But it kind of started, uh, really, the, the best advice my mom ever gave me as a kid was to be faithful with where I was at. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a, had the dreams of, you know, I went to Winter Jam, this big Christian tour, and seeing these artists do their thing on stage and man, it would be so cool to do that one day or man i'd love to do that um but i was leading worship for four kids in my youth group in cordial georgia <laughs> in a small church of about 50 people and that was the furthest thing from you know the arena stage and so i just started writing songs and being faithful with where i was at now that journey led me to um i did a couple tv shows one my senior year of high school um, that my mom signed me up to do, um, and that led to another TV show, uh, competition singing show, and then uh, those two shows didn't pan out, and I went home and just kind of surrendered to the call of ministry and decided to just stay plugged into the local church and uh, helped with a church plant in Tifton, Georgia, and then while I was in Tifton, Georgia, um, I got a phone call to be a part of another TV show. Um, and ended up being on this show called Rising Star, got second place, met my manager on that show, or right after that show because of the show, and he had been praying to manage a Christian artist for like seven years, oh, wow. and had never never had the opportunity, and so 
I walked into his office the first day. I was like, man, there's no other music for me but Christian music. Like, I, that's what I write. That's where my heart is. And I don't want to have a music career unless it has something to do with that. And so we just started working, and he knew a couple guys in Nashville that he, uh, songwriters in Nashville, and really just made the call. And I ended up coming up and, and uh, you know, writing songs with uh, a couple of guys in town. And then that led to label meetings and, and the kind of the rest after that is kind of history. You know, I hear a lot of, of artists that I'm interviewing, they talk about that, that same thing you, you said that your mom really taught you, just be faithful where you are. And, yeah. and do you really feel like that just laid the foundation for you to, to be where you are today? It has. You know, you can pine over the stages, you can pine over the dream, um, but really that's, Scripture talks about God giving us our daily bread, and that's the only thing that we really have um, in our hands today is what God has given us right here, right now. And honestly, if I wasn't faithful with the youth group stage of four kids, I was just writing songs for my friends in that youth group. And God used those moments and used those seasons to turn me into the man I am today, to the father I am today, the husband I am today, the songwriter I am today. And I learned more then um, now that I'm actually using. Um, you know, I haven't really learned much in the grand scheme of like where I am right now. Um, it's it really not that there's not something to learn, but um, all these artists are using and, and relying on the things they learned before signing with a record deal and uh, the things they learned, like traveling the world, calling youth groups up, asking if they could play their songs for them. Like we're still doing those things kind of in some ways today, just on a bigger scale. So, yeah, th those moments were incredibly important for my career, and I, I still think back to those youth group days almost every day. Again, we're here with Austin French. Austin, what first got you into music? Man, I grew up in a music home. My mom is a music teacher. She taught piano and taught voice in her house. And so we didn't go to daycare or anything like that. We we did like a bassinet near the piano as she taught all day. Um, and so I grew up not knowing it wasn't normal for everyone to sing all the time about everything. And so, uh, yeah, I it was just what we did. My whole family's musical and my whole family is it's just kind of in our blood. If we're together, anytime we get together, we play music and we sing music together. And it became this thing, number one, is what we did as a family. And then through every hardship in our life, it became this thing that we it helped us cope through everything that we walked through. So, um, yeah, music, I would say, is definitely in my blood just because of the way I grew up. You've spoken about your mom several times already. You know, one just, just kind of teaching music there in the home, but then the advice you gave you, but also her put you, putting you on, on TV shows along the journey as well and putting your name in for those yeah. things. You know, obviously mom was very influential in, on, in your journey and just pouring into you. Um, I guess I guess dad was as well. Were, were there other people along the way that really just spoke this into your life that said, hey, like this is something that God's placed within you. You should, you should pursue this. Yeah, I mean, definitely, if I, definitely a lot of youth pastors, and then my mom, like I said, my mom was really the champion of my career. I didn't honestly think I had a, a shot at doing this. Um, didn't know really I had what it takes, and I was just writing songs for my friends in my bedroom so I could tell them about Jesus. And um, she's the one who really encouraged everything. Um, and then, 
youth pastors, you know, with the call of ministry over my life and different pastors in my life, um, showed me the importance of scripture. Um, and so with my mom's encouragement with music and my pastor and my youth pastor's encouragement um, to fall in love with the Word of God, um, those two things really were uh, connected because of the people in my life um, and the encouragement they gave me in my life. So, yeah, it, I definitely had people breathe uh, encouragement and also just kind of speaking that over my life of, I think you may are meant to do this for yeah. the rest of your life. That's a good word. Do you remember the first album you ever bought? First album I ever bought was a Mark Schultz record. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, Mark Schultz, to me, is the most talented, probably most gifted uh, Christian songwriter of our day. I, I, I may be... I may be alone in saying that, but uh, he was such an he was such an inspiration to me as a kid. Um, he took Christian music and didn't make it worship music. He he showed Jesus and the stories he told um, through the music he wrote, and I think he's one of the most gifted storytellers uh, in the Christian music market. And so, yeah, that was I, I bought his first. Well, I don't know if it was his first record, but it was my first record. Um, with hits like Letters from War mm -hmm. and Walking Her Home and all these incredible stories that are like tearjerker stories that made you feel um, the weight of the words that he was saying. So, yeah, he, he definitely um, is a big reason I write music today. He really was this really gifted... To tell, to tell the depths of stories he was able to tell... I guess still tell, in songwriting really was fascinating. Yeah, in three minutes. Yeah. You know, it's like... Man, I feel like I just read a book, and uh, and and it was like I, I feel like I understood the whole story. It was just so, uh, yeah, I think he's so gifted. Yeah, so so Mark Schull, that's a good one to influence growing up. Uh, what are some other influences for you growing up, Is it musically, songwriting, that you kind of look to? Yeah. you know, through that process. Yeah, so musically, my family all sings, and so mm -hmm. there's this thing that people say really, and it probably annoys my wife probably to like death. <laughs> But when, when my family and I are together, we just harmonize all the time, and we sing all the time. And so there's something about this family and sibling harmony that's just really special. And so there was groups like uh, a group called Avalon mm -hmm. um, back in the day that we just we loved, and we sang their songs at church all the time um, and with my family. And so music they were a big uh, a big influence for me i started playing guitar because of john mayer yeah. so i wanted to be john mayer i thought man he <laughs> plays guitar and get girls and know, eighth right? grade me was all about that so uh yeah dude i i i picked up the guitar the way i learned how to play the guitar was his first record and i just um i well not first record it was actually his continuum record um which is to me his best record and um yeah, that's how I learned how to play guitar. I had a CD player. I would let it play for two seconds, pause it, and try to figure out what notes he just played, wow. and then go to the next two seconds. And so that's how I learned how to play the guitar with that record. Um, and, yeah, and then bands like Casting Crowns, uh, Mercy Me, uh, Switchfoot, those guys uh, made Christian music for me cool, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It was something my mom loved to listen to, and it was something that we had on radio but when those guys came out number one i was challenged by their music but also i was like wow these songs are like not 
these hymnal, um, easy, breezy songs to listen to. These are like convicting and also like they're rocking. Like this is awesome. And um, yeah, so those those guys inspired me a, a ton and really affected the way I write music again um, to this day. If you could open for anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, man, that's a hard one. Um, I Probably Johnny Cash. Mm. Um, Johnny Cash, man, that, that dude, troubled past, but, man, I, I think he has some of the coolest, and some some of the most like amazing songs of our day, um, and so or not even of my day, before my day, uh, <laughs> and yeah. So I think I, I would love I would love to be there, um, kind of for his career and get the chance to, to share the stage with him. The uh, the next time you're in Memphis, give me a call. I'm gonna take yeah. you to the first place Johnny Cash ever played. He was here in no Memphis. Way. Yeah, I, I used to play it all the time. It's this basement of a church in in Midtown Memphis, Tennessee, and so you you uh you hit me up when you come to town. I'll take we'll get we'll yeah. get like ten fifteen kids throw them in a van. That way you can play and say I've played the first place Johnny Cash ever played. Oh, man. dude, that would be amazing. We'll set it up. You let me know. We'll take care of you, man. Absolutely, All right. absolutely. All right. Oh, I'd love that. Uh, again, we're here with Austin French. Um, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? I do. Uh, I do. It was a rip-off version of Jesus Take the Wheel, and uh, I wrote it. I, I literally wrote it. So I, I got saved and in my eighth grade year when I was 13, and I was kind of a popular kid in school. Um, and then when I got saved, I started high school that uh, right after that summer I got saved. And so the popular kid at school now is at school saying, hey, guys, like, Jesus died for your sins. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to be friends with you anymore. And so um, I lost a lot of friends. But but all my friends always thought it was cool that I was doing song competitions and I like, could sing. And so um, I was like, you know what? If they won't listen to me talk about Jesus, maybe they'll listen to me sing about Jesus. So there was this girl in our youth group. Uh, I kind of knew her life. She was making some crazy decisions. I was like, you know what? I'm going home. I'm writing a song. Her name was Carmen. Uh, and I wrote a song for Carmen, uh, and oh man, it was straight up like Jesus take the wheel, just 2.0, but but way worse. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was called Always There. And uh, yep, I I think I still have the lyrics somewhere, and uh, I'll have to post that one day. It's you need like to post it. Yeah, you need to post it. Maybe yeah, hidden track yeah. somewhere. Put put a hidden track on yeah. and stuff. We'll just kind of we'll go from there. Well, I, I assume you way uh, hidden, way <laughs> hidden. That's right. You have to listen for like three or four hours to get to it. To find that's to the, right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, I assume that uh, that's been a, a hot minute ago. Fast forward to today. What's your songwriting price process like today? Man, I mean, it hasn't really changed much. I mean, I'm still I'm still writing songs for broken people, but really, instead of writing it for them at first, I'm really writing them for me now. Mm, yeah. um, I it it's kind of turned into because back when I first started, I thought, man, I can change the world with the songs that I write. But really, man, actually. It, the way I found the best music for me and the most honest music is when I write the songs that I need to change me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then God uses it way beyond what I could hope or dream. And so, 
Um, yeah, the, I just want to write honest music. And so for it to be honest, it's something that I need in my life or I'm walking through in my life. And someone told me once when I first started coming to town um, that if you're going to try to write a, a song for a thousand people, it may only reach one. But it's usually the songs you write for one person that end up reaching a thousand people. And mm. so uh, I just focused on that and have written songs for one person, and usually that's me. And yeah. uh, the songs that I need, uh, my relationship with God, what God's teaching me. Um, and I just try to write about my life. I never really try to write a song uh, for a purpose of, oh, I want this to be a huge song. I'm, I really, at the end of the day, I want to be... I want the song to minister to me when I put it on mm. or reflect a season of my life. So that's kind of where my music comes from. So you're writing, you know, just so intimately from your own kind of vantage point in your life. Is it, is it difficult to be honest sometimes in your songwriting? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, I will say this, there's this, there's this somewhat of a tension, um, attention to be commercial versus like, uh, vulnerable because vulnerable is not always approachable I guess um, yeah. at least in the eyes of uh, you know the a, a commercial standpoint of mm-hmm. radio and whatever and so I kind of had to just like stick to my guns and say okay like this is not going to feel good uh, at first but I have to be as vulnerable as I possibly can um, and because I grew up in a background where I saw a lot of hypocrisy I saw a lot of behind closed doors of what Christianity looked behind closed doors of people who said they followed Jesus, but really their life didn't look like it. And um, I didn't want to write music that was just going to encourage that kind of behavior. I wanted to write music that let people know that hypocrisy is not a lifestyle that is meant to be lived by a believer, that Jesus died for every season of our life, and he's there for every season of our life. And so I have to share every season of my life. And has it been easy? Um, and yes, there has been some like trade-offs and sacrifices to that. Um, and, uh, but I, I wouldn't change it. I, to me, those are the songs that I'm actually the most proud of are the ones that are the most honest. Do you find that people are able just to really latch onto those songs that you've really just been completely honest in? Absolutely. I specifically have a song off my first record called Why God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that song, uh, was probably the most poorly played on radio song I had several stations are actually afraid of the first line which is why God do people have to die and um, but I I just felt like I couldn't compromise because I had to ask that question like it was real for me Um, and I had every question that I put in that song was a question that I wrestled with and um, I find that it's actually the most streamed and most widely like loved by my fans it's that song it's that song really um why my fans are my fans um because they they found their own story um in my own story so it's been really cool to watch how that has uh, uh, related to people yeah that actually that's the, that's the first song that that i ever heard of yours and it got to me just oh, wow. kind of through a grassroots, somebody sent it to me. Yeah, I didn't hear it on, on radio or, or run across it somewhere. Somebody yeah. said, hey, you need to check this song out. And and I really resonated with it because, and that's really why I asked you the question, because like we've all asked that question. And uh, and yeah. so we, we all wrestle with that, and we wrestle with the things that you wrestle with throughout that song. And so you know, I appreciate the honesty, and that that really immediately, you know, that song connected me with, with you to say, okay, like, 
I want to hear more of what what he's writing because this is this is a hard song to write. Um, as you're yeah. writing, as you're writing these songs, and you, you talk about seasons, and I love that picture there. You know, when you're performing and, and, and playing these songs live, you know, is it almost like nostalgia, or and that may be a little bit of an odd word, nostalgia, or just reminiscing as you're singing these songs? It help keep them fresh a little bit because it's it's going back through your life to some degree. Absolutely, man. I mean, every time I think of I sing Why God, I think of the moment my dad was on his deathbed. And uh, every time I, I sing Freedom Hymn, I think about the the addicts that I wrote that song for in Delray Beach, Florida, when I was a worship pastor down there. At, um, and I wrote this for these guys in the Celebrate Recovery um, that were down there. I was like, it, it reminds me of every season of my life that I found these songs and I needed these songs. And so... Yeah, it keeps it fresh for me. Also, it's my favorite thing to do at a show is to hear how these songs that I wrote about specific stories have actually told or uh, met someone in their story that it feels mm. like it's exactly what they needed in their life. So, yeah, it definitely keeps it fresh, but really it's what the, the stories are what really keeps it fresh for me. Again, we're here with Austin French, getting ready to wrap up. Austin, I love live music, playing live music. You've been playing live music for a long time now, and there's nothing like it, but there's some goofy things that happen along the way. Do you have yeah. an embarrassing onstage moment that sticks out to you? Hmm. Well, uh, there's several, actually. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh yeah, so I have a song called Born Again, and it has this kind of rapid-fire uh, rap part to it. And, um, yeah, there's been several times. I'm I'm pretty good at uh, saving a slower song or a mid-tempo song if I mess up the lyric. Like, it's my song, so I could somewhat That's rewrite right. it a little That's bit right. if I wanted to. Um, but with that song, there's just no time. To do that so you know basically it goes i was down on my luck i was stuck i was running around broken hearted so that's the the first verse but uh, several times and actually just recently i was on stage and and i started i started the first verse singing one of the, the opening line of the second verse well i tried to correct myself and ended up just coming out as like I was down at the and uh, i could see everybody on it's like is he speaking in tongues? Like, what is, what is happening? Is this a spiritual That's moment? That's right. Or is this... <laughs> People start getting saved and all kind of stuff. It's yeah, just exactly. Kind of just I mean, playing loose. all over the place. Great. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's one of my favorite questions to ask those I'm talking to, because we all have them. And uh, it's just oh, yeah. nice to share about them. Well, we're wrapping up. Let's wrap up with some rapid fire here. You got your game face on? Oh, got my game face, man. All right, here we go. What's your favorite holiday? Favorite holiday would be Christmas. The last Halloween costume you wore? <laughs> A blow-up dinosaur T-Rex. <laughs> Was that recent? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I put it on yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> just, just because you knocked on some doors, got some candy. Why, why not? Why <laughs> That's not? That's right. Do you snore? Oh, yeah. No. Yep. Word yep. to I that. I hear gone. you. Favorite junk food? Ooh, uh, Doritos, sweet and spicy chili. Oh. Um, Doritos. They're, that's, right. my, that's my jam. What color is your toothbrush? Oh, it is green and gray. In the movie about your life, the Austin French story, what actor plays you? 
Mm. Shia LaBeouf. There you go. I saw a really funny thing about him yesterday. I'll tell you later. Batman or Superman? Woo, Batman. If you had to teach any subject in school, what would it be? Uh, definitely P, for sure. <laughs> Work to that. Time machine. You got a time machine for one day. Yep. Where do you go? Oh, man. Dude, I mean, Sermon <laughs> on the Mount. Oh, yeah. Just go... Go sit down and listen to Jesus speak. That would be incredible. That'd be all right. It'd be a good day. Favorite cartoon growing up? Favorite cartoon would have been, uh, it was definitely Looney Tunes, but I think it was Bugs Bunny. All right. All right. Something you hate that everyone else loves? Toothpaste. (laughs) I hate toothpaste so much. I mean, it's a necessary evil, but I... I cringe. It's like that thing when people are just like, and you may be one of these people. I don't mean to. No, it's offend fine. You here, I won't be offended. But you know, people just walk around the house like brushing their teeth in the morning. <laughs> it it literally makes me nauseous. Like I'm like, yeah. Like it's one of those things I dread doing. Yeah. I just can't stand the stand the taste. Um, and like I'm putting paste on my teeth. Like it just doesn't feel right. But I know I got to do it. At least twice a day. Has it always been that way? It has since I was a kid, man. Uh, toothpaste and gum, like those. Oh. Are, I I I I can't stand gum, and I can't stand toothpaste. I I have to do toothpaste, but I refuse to do gum. I'm with you. I, I lately, listen, I'm a stationary brusher, all right. So no offense there. I'm a stationary brusher. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 What, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie, um, Wreck-It Ralph is currently oh, my favorite that's movie. That's a good yeah, one. The first one. The second yeah. one's okay. first one's definitely the best. I'm with you on that, actually. And the last one, completely unfair question to a songwriter. You can only play one of your songs for the rest of your life. <laughs> Which one is it? Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a new song. There's a new song on my latest project called Perfect Love. Uh, that would probably be the song I'd sing for the rest of my life. He's Austin French. Austin, thank you so much for hanging out today, man. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you down the road. Thank you, man. This is so much fun. You got it. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Behind the Tunes with Austin Black, produced by Grayson Rucker. A special thank you to our sponsor, Visible Music College, a music and worship school that trains and disciples students for the music industry and the church. You can learn more about them at visible.edu. And you can reach the show at behindthetunes at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Be sure to tune in next time as we go Behind the Tunes.